0: Do you enjoy diving the podcast and would you like to support our work?
1: If you'd like to get Justin out of the editing suite in his basement and diving again,
2: be sure to check out our Patreon page to find fantastic ways to support this podcast. One of the
3: cool perks is exclusive early access to episodes before they post with no ads. Each week, we like to thank some of our Patreons and this week we thank Jess. Go to patreon.com slash dive in pod for more. What keeps you podcasting?
0: Uh, It's got to be the people, whether it's uh, you guys here or the guests that we have on. And it's got to be the stories that we get to to hear and talk about. Uh, And it's got to be the the work that we're doing for the audience, uh,
3: the dive community and and people that are listening to us. That's going to be tough to follow up. Sorry. Uh, April, go for it. What keeps you podcasting?
1: For me, it would have to be the pension
3: not the pension
1: yeah. Yeah. no I'm just <laughs> what's a man
3: going to talk about now <laughs> I got nothing <laughs> it's a look back on 51 weeks of podcasting this week on episode 52 of dive in the podcast Dive in the Podcast is a weekly all about diving podcast for everyone. Whether you explore the oceans as a snorkeler, scuba diver, free diver, or tech diver, Dive In has something for you. The show is filled with diving news, feature interviews with guests from around the world, interesting dive topics, ocean advocacy, and more. Visit diveinpod.com to find out more about the show, past guests, our Patreon, and more.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm April.
2: And I'm Nick.
3: I'm Justin. I'm Amit, and we're the
2: hosts of Dive in the Podcast.
3: And today we celebrate something special. It's been one year, or 52 weeks of podcasting, and uh, I have a very, very special, very Justin recap of our year in podcasting. Here it goes. So back to episode (laughs) one, we were actually in lockdown here uh, in Nova Scotia, and then April left to Ontario in episode five. Uh, mitt was interviewed on episode six but he wasn't yet a host nick fisher our former host on the in the beginning of the show he left on episode 10 and Amit mitt joined on episode 11 and on episode 11 we also had other firsts it was world oceans day wally had his first howl and we had our first mention of a podcast pension nice <laughs> uh episode 14 we had our first full episode guest and that was harry harris uh, episode 15, we met the fabulous Alana Velicott. 16 was Jill Heinert. I don't have anything else to say. It was Jill Heinert. 17 was Women's Dive Day, and we had all lady hosts. And that was April's episode, and everybody loved it. Episode 18, we had a 1,000 downloads. Uh, episode 21, we learned that Amit loves Rhodey, and we spent a solid seven minutes talking about Rhodey and Coke. <laughs> episode 25, we pondered if latex seals could deal with coconut oil from hair. In episode 26... <laughs> We found out, no chance, and Googling it, it's an eye-opening experience.
2: <laughs> oh, man, is it ever? That's oh. Episode 30,
3: we learned about cocaine smuggling, and uh, it's probably best done in Sidemount. Uh, on episode 36, uh, Underwater Pat calmed some sigh. Uh, Thirty-nine. We were bribed with rum swivel. In episode forty-three, I learned that there are research nuclear reactors. And in episode forty-four, I learned how to properly pronounce gorgonians. And uh, there's more, <laughs> but we should really probably start the uh, the show and the get back to the script there, outside of my that totally awesome. made up recap.
0: And you can still pronounce gorgonians.
3: Yeah. Well, I had yes. it. I, I may have had it written out phonetically just to be uh, extra safe. <laughs> I don't, don't want to.
1: What episode What episode did I come back from, oh, Ontario?
3: I should have, I should have noted that. Oh, that's good <laughs> trivia. You, sh- you should know that.
1: I actually don't remember what my first podcast back hmm. in Nova Scotia was. It would have been sometime in December. I
3: remember because you said, um, back or something like that. <laughs> and, oh, I yeah. did. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: There's a little hunt for now, our listeners. It's... Email us. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll send, I'll send you a back.
3: dive in the podcast sticker if you can tell me. What episode uh, April came back on. There you go. Uh, nice. So we've got, uh, well, it's been a year. Yeah, there you go. Um, it's been a year. Our, our our stats changed in episode seven because we, we changed hosting providers. So all of our current stats are post episode seven, which is probably fine. So uh, at the moment, we have 9,500 listens. We're about 500 listens away from 10,000. So listens or downloads, that's pretty awesome. Uh, we have an estimated audience weekly of about 150 people. Last seven days, we had 100 individual downloads or under an, uh, 174 individual downloads in the last seven days. And we usually average three to 400 downloads per week. And that's across all of our episodes, new and old. Um, and then our stats are, have, from where people listen from, they've, pretty consistent. Canada is typically the most 47% right now, 31% USA, 5% in the UK and 3% in Australia. So, thanks Harry for listening to the show and getting us that 3%. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll take
2: yeah. it, man. We'll take it. Yeah. We'll take
3: and it. Uh, uh and then we also we also get a little breakdown on what kind of devices people listen on. 43% uh Apple Podcasts, 33% unknown, so that's uh, websites and Android apps, I guess. And then 16% is Spotify. We get a little bit of, uh, of additional, um, stats on Spotify too. So of that 16% on Spotify, uh, mostly male, 71%, 28% female, 1% not specified. And we, uh, we kind of win with the, the 23 to 44 category. That's where most of our listeners come from. And uh, we're not doing so great with 18 to 20 year olds and uh, 60 plus. So uh, I guess we need to, uh, <laughs> well, now we're, we're focused in on our target audience, I guess.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a nice way to spin it. So, I mean, Hey, we're open to suggestions <laughs> here. How do we boost our fuma- our female listenership? And, well, it's uh, just Spotify
3: too. I think anxiety. we do have a fairly good female listenership. It's just that, Spotify is the only. You might
1: listen on Apple. Yeah,
3: Spotify is the only thing that knows if you're male or female listening. So,
2: gotcha. That's a lot of presumption. I don't know if I believe Spotify. Yeah, knows who knows that. what you
3: answer? Well, I, I, whenever exactly. I get asked on those things like male, female, whatever, I just pick whatever's first and just move on because I don't care and I don't mm-hmm. want to. I don't want to set up their stats for success. I want to set it up for failure. <laughs> um. So is anyone? I mean, I, you guys probably see the script here, but. Uh, <laughs> Did anybody guess that uh, Maxwell Hans episode is our number one episode? Episode thirty. Yeah, sure. I've dove in some pretty weird stuff, talking about diving and cheese, and <laughs> uh, and then right after that is uh, dive four scenarios with Gary Dallas. Uh, so those those have two hundred and sixty and two hundred and forty three downloads respectively. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, and then just run through the rest. Dion brings in uh, number three uh, with back on episode forty one. Uh, Sophie Morgan, episode 25, Harry Harris, episode 14, um, Neil Pollock's episode 34, and then um, Sandra Klopp's episode um, had to be the uh, had to be the uh, megalodon teeth that bring people in there. <laughs> no, that, she's an awesome person. I don't, didn't mean to say that. like that. Uh, Rhodey and Coke with Sheena McNally, uh, episode 21 is in our top 10 as well. Uh, Audrey Cadell. And uh, side mount, good drug dealing, bad. Where we interviewed April is our uh, rounds out our top ten.
1: I can't believe that my episode is like top ten when we've had so many amazing <laughs> guests on the show. It just seems crazy.
3: Yeah, well, we all most of our. I think it appears when you're looking at the downloads, it appears a lot of people listen to our show and I think listen to the whole thing because our we don't have like. 10 downloads on one episode and 200 on another would they're all like they're all in the mm. same kind of range so i think a lot of people have have uh have listened to the whole thing which is kind of wild
1: I feel like mine's yeah. only top 10 because my episode had a really catchy uh catchy title <laughs> Yeah side note <laughs> yeah yeah side note just
3: yeah. because you yeah. mentioned side note <laughs> Nick you got some stats about our guests
0: yeah, so this is sort of a very unscientific survey. I just scrolled through <laughs> into Instagram and put together some categories. Um, so kind of like people's background. Mm. Um, so like uh, surprisingly we only interviewed six freedivers, but I selected the free divers that were only freediving. A lot of, a lot of our guests do like tech or Scuba as well as freediving. Right. Uh, We had about 12 tech divers, and that kind of included people that were doing specialty jobs, uh, like, you know, commercial work. Uh, Scuba divers, about another dozen. Um, And again, there's a lot of overlap there, so don't expect this to add up to the number of episodes. Um, (laughs) We had about eight photographers, cinematographers, and about 11 people that were doing science and conservation work. And again, people are doing multiple things, so these are just random categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of 52 total episodes for the first year, we've had guests on 48 of them. Um, so wow. we started with episode four with our first guests, I think. And episode 52, this is just the special, so we don't have a guest. Um, out of those 48 episodes, we interviewed 18 women, plus uh, April's Women's Dive Day episode that she hosted. In terms of country breakdown, where, where our guests come from, uh, Canada was kind of the top, so that's 23. Uh, we had six guests from the UK, five from the US. Uh, we went to Grenada, Trinidad, and the Bahamas twice. Uh, we went once to Dominica, Jamaica, Mexico, Greece, France, Bermuda, and Australia. Um, hopefully, I didn't forget anybody there. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of like the roundup of where our guests are from and kind of the kind of diving they do. Just some fun
3: facts. Did you get a stat for how many people went to university in uh in Plymouth, in Plymouth, <laughs>
0: <laughs> probably at least
3: four. At least four. <laughs> Perfect. That's funny. Speaking of lists of people, uh, it's time for our podcast first draft. So we're going to go around and we're going to pick episodes that uh, that we want to highlight. Maybe not our favorite episodes or favorite guests because that's that's hard to do, and that's uh, there's so many great guests, it's uh, really impossible. So. Some might even argue that it's favoritism. And some might argue that, indeed. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go around. Each choo- each host will choose an episode of the podcast they want to highlight. We'll listen to a clip, and then the host can share why they wanted to highlight that episode, and we can chat about them for a few minutes. We'll go around, and we'll make three rounds. Each host gets to pick three episodes, so we'll pick 12 episodes. Once an episode's been picked, it's off the table, so no one else can pick it. I used random.org to... Pick the order of the uh, of the hosts. Not that it really matters, but uh, it's fun to do it like a real draft. I can you tell I like to do I like to listen to podcasts that have have those anyway. Uh, so that means April, uh, you're the first. Uh, then we'll go Amit, then Nick, and then me. So who's your first pick, April?
1: My first pick is the Women's Dive Day episode with Cassandra Dykman, Jessica McDonald, and Sonia Lee.
3: All right, well, let's listen to a clip.
1: Imagine if women had a superpower to like call on charismatic megafauna whenever they were in their Beach. periods. Amazing. <laughs> exactly. Are you telling me you're a shark? You want the great white too? You and Beverly no, need no, to go no. no together. No, 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 I like the small, cuddly sharks. Anything that's big and could potentially see you as prey, I don't need to see.
2: So, (laughs) good episode there. Charismatic megafauna.
1: That was such a good episode. That was so much fun. Not because you guys weren't there, but you (laughs) you missed out on a good one. Yeah, no, that was definitely one of my favorite episodes, and uh, the shark conversation was definitely hilarious and that little clip came from when we played our true or false game mm. uh, on that episode which I definitely think we should have more games in this <laughs> podcast because that was our one and only game and it was mm. very fun um, but no it was fun we talked about like all the special bonds that you get with your dive buddies and why the seat boxes are so important and all these things that you kind of share as women and bond over that you don't necessarily have with your uh, you know male colleague dive buddies but (laughs) yeah looking forward to this year's women dive day episode
3: yeah we'll have to make sure definitely do another one this year and uh and bring back the team for round two
1: i think i might do a new panel this year and keep switching it up every year sounds like a good idea yep
2: keep things interesting i think we
1: should switch it up
4: yeah
2: i think probably one of my cool things that i liked about that was just you guys were just having fun from start to finish, right? Like, there was not a point where it was like, oh, yeah, these guys were just like, they're not sure what's going on. It just seemed like it was like a fun episode from the time you started right up until it was done. So not surprising, too, that that got a ton of listens. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very well produced.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Um, Yeah, I feel like a behind-the-scenes uh, fun thing about that episode It was like before we actually recorded it, we were all talking for like an hour just to kind of like get the nerves gone and like loosen up a little bit cause we were all super nervous, but I think it did. It turned out to be a really awesome episode.
3: All right. Well, thanks for that, April. Let's uh, go over to Amit. What's your first pick of
2: the night? Well, where do we go? I guess I'm going to go Harry Harris, uh, being my, my number one pick for tonight again, in no particular order. Uh, that was for me, like it was a pretty kick-ass episode because mm-hmm. we had the good fortune to dive with Harry here and, um, while well, he was here for, uh, for, I want to say an anesthesiology conference, if I, if memory serves. And so I, I kind of found it cool in the sense that he had a lot of speaking engagements that were going on at the time that were specifically about the Thai cave rescue. And so, I'd asked him if he'd come on the show, but I was pretty specific about saying like, hey, uh, how about you come on the show? But like, we just won't talk about Mm. that because you're you're doing that all the time. And there's a lot of stuff that, you know, that people just don't know about you. as like Harry the diver. And I think for a guy that at at that time, like that specific moment in, in what was going on diving wise, it would have been way too easy for, you know, for him to have just said, you know what? Mate, like I'm just tapped out, and I'm really not interested. Um, and he did us a solid and came on the show, and I think it kind of set the tone uh, for us, really as a as a group, to be able to say like, wow, like if if we can get a person of that caliber on the show, then you know maybe the sky's the limit. We can just start asking people, and I think it really kind of uh, kind of launched us into a place where where we had the confidence to do that, uh, and. I would also suggest that on top of having the confidence, it lent like a little bit of an air of legitimacy, you know, when you could contact a person and say like, Hey, by the way, (laughs) you know, we had this person on, which led to the next person. And then the next person. Uh, so yeah, I, I, to me, uh, biased or unbiased, I don't Mm -hmm. know how you Mm -hmm. would put it. I see him as, as being like a catalyst in, in how the show kind of formed, uh, and <laughs> let's face it, there was one of my favorite parts about that was when he was cutting me up about my, uh, about my diving progression. He was telling me like, "Yeah, hey, you, you've had enough, but you might as well just pack it in and call it a day. And I was just like, okay, all right. So now, you know what, nothing says like you're doing something right when you've got a guy that caliber telling you time to pack it in because you're not good enough to dive. So. Well, let's,
3: let's take a listen to the uh, clip from that episode. So,
5: yeah. <laughs> with a little bit of maple rye whiskey on board, we made this plan <laughs> to come back and, and do the sump in Castle Guard Cave. And had I known what that involved, I might not have been so quick to agree to it. But anyway, um, whiskey <laughs> makes man brave. So, I, uh, myself and Craig and Tom, supported by all these fabulous cavers from uh, Alberta Spilio, did this mm-hmm. expedition in March this year. And you have to um, ski basically up a, up up the Saskatchewan Glacier. Uh, it's about a 21-kilometre ski to get to the cave. And then you camp in the entrance to the cave. Now, I'd sort of forgotten about the part where it was going to be minus 25 and you're sleeping on ice <laughs> on the floor of the cave. And, uh, and then you have to drag all your dive gear for about, I think it's nearly a kilometre, into the area where the sump is and the caving is just cruel you can basically only lie on your belly or just just kneel down uh, and roll your your packs in front of you and drag them through this cave yeah
0: yeah i I think i think (laughs) all uh, listening to that now after cuz when when he spoke we hadn't seen the film that they put out about that that expedition mm-hmm. listening to that now and mm-hmm. thinking about the film and actually like you know when he's talking about crawling through through the cave they were literally like you know using a chainsaw like in what like head space of of cave to like cut grooves in the ice so they can slide through that's that's yeah. pretty wild yeah
2: it's it certainly i i would argue brought that sense of claustrophobia into it for me. And I've watched, I don't know how many hundreds of videos of people going through caves. I mean, there's there's even one where I, like Brian K. Cook sliding through a spot, he calls it the grinder uh, and you can physically hear him. But then even that didn't make me feel claustrophobic. But when I saw... Like the, you know, the, what I would call it, the ice coffin that they were crawling and carving their way through, like that Nick just described. I mean, if you haven't seen that video, it's actually really well produced as well. So you should probably go have a look at it on Vimeo. Mm -hmm. But my God, I was just like, yeah, you know, uh, until somebody carves out a much bigger section, I'm not going in there. (laughs) But the dive, like the short dive that they were on uh, actually looked quite Mm -hmm. nice. Like, uh, so you know whether it was worth it for the amount of effort? I don't know, but um, yeah, that was a that was a hell of a, a little dive exploration piece that they put together, yeah. and in Canada yeah. too.
1: I think to what you were yeah. saying earlier, too, Matt, like Harry was almost like the beginning of the snowball for the podcast. So he was kind of like one of our first big guests, and yeah, it was like wow. We can have anyone on the podcast. So I felt like after Harry, things did start snowballing. And I think, too, he was our first, like, full episode guest, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I remember saying to you guys after that episode, I was like, I felt starstruck. (laughs) Like, I was so shy and, like, I didn't know what to say. And, yeah, yeah, that was a good episode.
3: That was a a pretty jam-packed part of the series there because we had him and we had Jill and we had a few other uh, a few other big names. They're all like bam, 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 one right after another. So it
2: was uh, yeah, it was Mm -hmm. good. Yeah, one of the cool things with him too was like he was just laid back, you know. Which I guess is kind of a I didn't yeah I didn't necessarily expect him to be that that laid back when you look at how much time we were asking him to commit to Mm -hmm. come in a chat with. You know, a couple of people who just kind of started a podcast, but he was so generous with his time, as has pretty well every single person that we've subsequently interviewed. But he really set the tone, I think, for us to be like, I think people do want to talk about diving. And it doesn't matter how awesome they are. They will come Um. on and talk about diving. Because they love to dive. And, you know, what what do people who love to dive like to do? We like to talk about diving. So, (laughs) surprise, surprise. So, it was really kind of a kicker for me and uh, standout.
1: I remember, too, Harry was like, at the end, he was like, April, it was so nice to meet you. And I hope that my daughter gets the opportunity to dive with the sea foxes. And I was just like, Are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) did you really just say that? (laughs) (laughs) No, it was awesome. Such a
2: humble guy. Like for everything he's done, it's really cool.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It's another great pick. Let's go over to Nick for your first pick.
0: My first pick is the episode with uh, Simon Walsh where we went to Dominica.
3: Yeah, episode seven. Let's take a listen.
0: Dominica is situated in the Caribbean. The majority of people in the world. Have never heard of Dominica. It's very untypically Caribbean. It's rainforests, mountains, lakes in the mountains, three hundred and sixty-five rivers. It's a nature lovers' paradise situated with the beautiful weather of the Caribbean. And so we're we're reconnecting with Mother Nature, and I think people that come to Dominica in their various ways, whether it's freediving, scuba diving, or hiking, will find a place that you can reconnect.
3: Taking us back to Dominique, well our first uh Really, I, I think that was our first Caribbean guest, wasn't it, Nick?
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I was just that th- that episode sticks out to me because, as Amit will tell you, you know, like if you're from the Caribbean, you're pretty proud of the island you you know you, you're from, and and Grenada certainly, you know, has a special place in my heart. But um, I was surprised by how much I fell in love with Dominica the first time I went, mm. and we started this podcast in the middle of the pandemic, and. I was, you know, like looking forward to going back to Blue Element to do the freediving competition in Soufrière and and uh, so being able to talk to uh being able to talk to Simon's been was was pretty awesome. He's like really one of these salt of the earth people. He's his dive shop is like a little community rather than a, it's a business, but it doesn't feel like mm. you walk into a business environment. They have a little cafe. He's very much involved in his community and and Dominique, like is such a special place like both below the waves and and above them.
2: Yeah, I got to say, like, I, this was pre me being on the podcast as a host as well. So it was one of these ones where, you know, when you're listening as a fan of the podcast at that point, or I guess is, uh, do I decide, am I a fan of the podcast <laughs> yet? I'm not sure if I am or I'm not. But, uh, you know, as a guy from the Caribbean to hear, to hear that all too familiar accent and then know that he's talking from the islands and the kind of passion and that respect that uh, Nick's saying that we all kind of tend to have for home was definitely a piece that resonated with me. And I've never been to Dominica save a landing there on the way back from Toronto. Uh, Our plane kind of touched down in in Dominica and it was enough that the the door and the plane had cracked open and I went out to look because I was just like, well, we landed somewhere new, right? I think I was probably like <laughs> seven or eight years old. And I'm like, I want to see what this place is like. And I recall looking at just just lush tropical rainforest on a big mountain. Mm. Uh, and you get that, uh, that mix of the Caribbean air that's 150% humidity <laughs> with a little bit of jet fuel mixed oh, yeah. in. Uh, it's still to me. It always signals that I'm home, right? And so, Dominica is a place that, after having listened to that episode, it was certainly I have to go there and dive with these guys, and you know, it gave me that sense that hey, these guys are actually going to go around the world with this a little bit, and this could this could be pretty cool. So, yeah, uh, I appreciated that as a, as an episode from an outsider looking in. Yeah, Dominica is definitely in the nature island. There's no doubt about it, and.
0: And also the, the thing that kind of strikes me about Simon as a person, like, you know, they, they endured, you know, the the hurricane um, not too long ago. And that was, that was pretty, pretty massive. And, you know, he, he was pretty much affected with his business and his house being like destroyed, like a lot of people on the island. And then, uh, you know, now they're dealing with COVID, like a lot of, lot of, like everyone is, but also all these small destinations. So, yeah, it's, um, it's and his dive shop is awesome. Um, little little mm. small dive shop, very personal. They've got cafe with like the most amazing lionfish sandwich you can get ever. Mm. So it's definitely worth a trip there.
1: Now I feel like we need like lobster rolls in our dive
2: shop. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can work out a deal uh,
3: with, <laughs> with with Rob. <laughs> yeah, Rob
2: could make some lobster rolls for the place.
1: Yeah, I was, I
3: was thinking too that was uh, yeah it was probably because that was our first uh, kind of away <laughs> guest. Uh, It was probably Uh also the first time it was like, oh, we gotta, you know, after the after the pandemic, we gotta go check out Dominica. We gotta
1: go. Mm -hmm. It started the world tour. Started
3: the world tour. World tours.
1: My favorite thing is just how he was like. We are not the Dominican Republic. Dominica (laughs) is not the Dominican Republic. (laughs) It's a
0: huge thing. Like literally, people just hear Dominique. Like if literally you speak to most people, you like is it. You know the Dominican Republic is abbreviated as the Dominican, right? Mm-hmm. So, right. like colloquially. I oh, no, it's think, it's, yeah. it's a real thing. And like even for Grenada, like every couple of years, somebody gets on a plane in the UK, and then like a third of the way through, go like, wait, I'm not going to Granada, Spain, but I got on the I booked <laughs> oh. the wrong ticket to Grenada. It happens, <laughs> right? Because people book online and they don't check, and
1: they don't know. check. Uh.
0: But, you know, the Sydney, thing.
1: Nova Scotia versus Sydney, Australia. I've heard that story. <laughs> yeah.
0: actually, actually, I went to a conference in, well, I forget it, St. John's, Newfoundland? St. John, Newfoundland? Yeah. Um, And a bunch of the attendees ended up in New Brunswick. Ah,
1: St. John versus St. John's.
0: Because yeah. it was a big international conservation conference and a bunch of people ended up in the wrong spot. Yeah, so Dominica does suffer from that that sort of... I guess geographical um well people with with poor geography i suppose <laughs> yes. um but if you know if you do uh if you do get there you won't be disappointed mm-hmm. in the least.
1: Nice.
3: Nice. Awesome. awesome. Thanks Nick. Thanks for the first pick there. And uh, I'm going to uh, play back my pick. I'm just going to go right in and start the uh start the the uh, audio clip and then we'll talk after.
5: Growing up a missionary kid, I was in churches a whole lot, but I feel like I had my first religious experience, my first actual like moment of connection with the, the, greater, the greater world in a kelp forest. Just getting into, there was this little, like a prairie of sand surrounded by towering kelp and the sun was coming through just right and landed right on this little sand patch. And I sat there for like 20 minutes and had like a legitimate, just effervescent, joyful moment and so i'd say like the first time i really honestly went to to church was in a kelp forest
3: so that was episode 36 with pat webster and that's my first pick for tonight took me back to california diving which i did a lot of for the first few years of my my diving uh career or whatever you want to call it and uh, diving in the kelp forest in southern california he's kind of in like i don't know i'd call it northern california but monterey's kind of i guess central but anyway mm uh nitpicking here but uh diving in those kelp forests like he said and like swimming through the waters and then the light rays coming down and i always thought it was like swimming through a rainforest or flying through a rainforest and uh mm. and he the way he he points his, uh, you know, never going to church until he <laughs> never had a religious experience until he was <laughs> underwater in the kelp forest just really resonated with me. And he was just a really fun interview. I mean, the guy was just a ball of energy. Um, he makes mm. me tired just listening to the episode. Uh, it's, uh sounds
0: like a complaint just
3: no 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 it's uh well maybe a complaint to myself that i need to uh, i need to up my uh up my power levels a bit i need to push more pixels i need to you know do do more diving and whatever
1: that was like my favorite line of the whole year <laughs> if i'm not pushing pixels by 10 a.m <laughs>
2: yeah he was he had that infectious personality though that you're absolutely right about and you know i, I actually I recall him telling that story where he'd gone out and primed the ocean for the (laughs) divers who came by and saw the uh, 15 foot great white afterwards. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you know what? That's a guy that if, if you've got that positive outlook, no matter what, then how can you really have a bad day? Right? Like how can you have a bad day in general? How do you have a bad day diving? Cause he's like just laughing about the fact that he missed like this giant (laughs) shark that uh, everybody else saw and he was just there moments Mm -hmm. later and, I mean, so much, such a wealth of knowledge too. And I can't, I would be remiss not to say. He also delivered a solid emit cut down, just like Harry yeah. did uh, during that episode. So, if you guys are interested in emit getting cut up and uh, and spit out uh, <laughs> like <laughs> as if he was eaten by a great white shark, just uh, just go have a quick listen to that <laughs> section. It was uh, I, I found that to be it would have been one of my picks, yeah, Justin. Yeah. If you didn't uh, pick it just for that reason, he was just fun from the time we started till I think we laughed from the time we started till the time we were Yeah, finished. most definitely. Yep.
0: Yeah it's always it's always nice to bring on a a science communicator right cuz they've got that skill set to sort of break down complex topics and mm-hmm. for the lay person, so to speak um and also makes me want to go you know diving in in Monterey and cuz we also mm-hmm. had um the mm-hmm. Souza recently and mm-hmm. she also dives there and just hearing both of them speak about diving there that kind of makes you want to try that we're going to call him up
2: and have us take us to church. would be
1: like, come <laughs> yeah. on, Pat. Take us to church. I like it. I like it.
3: <laughs> well, you know what I like? Uh, I'd like to hear April's second round pick.
1: Ooh, round two. My second pick is going to be the episode with my dad, who was our first guest we had on the podcast.
3: Let's take a listen. Well, that's a good question. We tossed around a whole bunch of different names. We were trying to stay away from something that was really run-of-the-mill, uh, you know, dive center or Scuba World or anything like that. That there's a million dive shops in the world with those names, and we wanted something yeah. really super unique. Uh, we wanted something uh, kind of with the Nova Scotia flair. We were trying to tie in something with lobster. Lobster divers didn't really seem to have the right ring to it. (laughs) right? Uh, So at the end of the day, we kind of flipped through a book of Nova Scotia marine life and noticed the Mm -hmm. torpedo ray common to Nova Scotia waters and thought, oh, it's an interesting play on words. Torpedo ray, torpedo rays, and came up with torpedo ray scuba. Turned out the joke was kind of on us because it seems like 90% of people have never heard of a torpedo ray and just (laughs) assume my
2: name is Ray. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right, right.
3: Any anyone that's worked there has got a call asking for Ray. Many or saying
1: times. I know Ray.
3: I, yeah, I know <laughs> Ray. Can I have a discount please? Yeah. Wait, well your name is not Ray?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: good good one there, Nick.
1: <laughs> that was hilarious.
0: But I was working I was working there for two years. His name's not Ray.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the title of the episode is finally there will be a Ray at Torpedo Rays because I made a joke and said that I was going to name my firstborn child Patty Ray after Patty's head in Torpedo Rays.
2: <laughs> oh, no, my. Patty Ray Weikers. We're going to have to hold you to that one. Now. I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I liked that episode. That was fun. and. You know, I guess even though I call him Mitt my scuba dad, I guess that's my real scuba dad. But
3: uh, Your actual father that's also scuba was, dad. <laughs> if you want to go
1: that
2: route, I mean, sure.
1: Uh, but no, it's fun. And I learned actually a lot about the shop in that interview that I uh, didn't initially know. So it was fun to talk to my dad that episode.
2: Yeah, and I think if you look at that uh, overall, I mean, consider how many, well, the shop's been around for how many years now, Justin, like clarify Uh, for me, are we at 25 25. and more? Yeah, this is 24 years. Almost
1: 25.
2: Yeah, so I mean, imagine how many people in, in just the local area alone would be able to tie their diving experience in one way or another back to that shop. I think pretty well, you know, well, I wouldn't say everybody, but obviously like many people who are currently diving can probably tie it back loosely one way or another to the shop. Mm-hmm. So it kind of speaks to this idea of like longevity. And if you're doing something well, then hopefully people will continue to come back to it and uh, that sort of thing. So yeah, it was uh, it was a great episode to have on there too. I almost pulled the clip that said that where he said, uh, if you do something you
3: love, you'll never work a day in your life. Uh, because because we <laughs> didn't actually do promos back at this point in time in this series, yeah. so I had to oh, f- pull yeah, a yeah. clip real quick last night, and uh, yeah, I was going to get that, but then the follow up wasn't that great. But uh, that's just his, that's uh, Jason's favorite phrase, so
1: <laughs> it is his motto. It is, and you know, of course, I went to Ontario and came back from Ontario all within these fifty two episodes <laughs> <laughs> we recorded together. Yeah. Uh, and my dad was, like, very supportive of that decision to, like, leave my job in Ontario and come back here. And that's the exact line he used was, you know, <laughs> do something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. So
2: so how do you feel, April? Are you, are you working or are you just doing something you love?
1: No, nah, I'm just loving.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, no, feel good.
2: Well, I can tell you for sure, although I know it doesn't relate back to that episode other than by that virtue, like the difference in you just from the time that you were in Ontario to when I see you now, like as the, as my scuba daughter here <laughs> now, uh, I'm just kind of like, wow, like she's so energetic and and like vibrant and full of life. Like now that mm-hmm. you're back here that, you know, I think I told your dad actually that in a discussion we had uh, the other day, I was just like, yeah, you know what? She seems like alive and, and enjoying life again. And I think that's pretty cool. So Uh, Seems like he might have a little bit of a secret on that, too.
1: Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I'm glad that uh, how I feel shows on the outside as much as I feel it on the inside.
3: Yeah. Let's hear what uh, Mitt's round two pick is.
2: Oh, well, round two. You know what? I'm going to throw down with uh, Audrey Cadell for my round two pick. All right. Let's take a listen.
4: There's no way I wanted to put back the twin set uh, <laughs> and carry the twin set by, back down and up again. So... I grabbed uh, a five-liter uh, aluminum cylinder, which still had the regulator on. I realized, okay, I'm going to need a, a weight belt to be able to go down with the suit and uh, not to go. And, and I entered the water, just holding the cylinder under my arm. And I, I was swimming around, looking for the knife for 10 minutes. But after 10 minutes, to be honest, I didn't find it. And I, I completely forgot about the knife. I, I kept on playing underwater, just push, pushing the cylinder <laughs> in front of me. And actually, I, I was finding again the feeling the feeling I had when I was a teenager, diving and free diving in the, in the south of France where I grew up, having this mm-hmm. kind of freedom feeling that I had lost throughout the years of that AV, AV configuration all the time. So I, I really enjoyed myself.
3: Side mount saves your life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, it's it's definitely one of those ones where uh, I, I picked that episode because again, Audrey was one of these people that I just thought was like interesting. I was like, wow, I don't really know much about this person, mm-hmm. but it seems like the you know, she's very passionate about side she's very passionate about some of the things that that I find interesting. And then to contain her passion is such a hard <laughs> thing because like she if if you basically ask her a question the amount of passion that comes out of that one person, like this tiny little package. And she basically just knows so much about so much. And, you know, the, the other piece I think that I kind of really liked about that was she talks about like an organic discovery of side mount. Mm. So like, even though, you know, it's not like she discovered side mount, people had been doing it, but in, at the time that she stumbled across that, as a platform, it really was just that. It was just what she described there, which was that I was doing this thing. This, this became like a piece that I was interested in. And then I was thinking, why would I ever want to strap these other things to my back? And, <laughs> you know, and, and there are so many similarities, I guess, when I was listening to her story where I was just going like, yeah, I, I feel the same way. And like, that's so cool. And then when you look at her level of training uh, and the type of training that she puts out there, and you have guys like Steve Davis as an example, who, you know, who runs speaking side mount, who will chat about the fact that when he first saw her diving, it really made him go, Wow, like I, I need to be able to dive at that level. Like those kinds of things I think uh came through. And yeah, so it was just kind of neat to have like a, a female leader in diving that was so passionate and so well versed in virtually every aspect of side mount diving that I think my only regret was that I couldn't just like cancel the interview and just keep talking to her <laughs> about specifically about to be like, forget the interview. We're just going to chat side mount for like the next day or two.
3: <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was uh, yeah, she's, she, man, she definitely, she knows every, knew everything about every, every, uh, every detail of side mount diving and why this setup was better than that and why this was different than
1: that. I think a Dion. And uh Audrey, I'll need to go for a beer together sometime.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that I could put myself in their caliber, but like I'll go hang out and work <laughs> the two of them chat potentially, and uh, maybe throw the the odd thing in there and learn a thing or two as I go through. But yeah, I wouldn't turn it down if that beer came up. <laughs>
3: <laughs> awesome. Well, another great pick. Uh, let's head over to Nick. What's your next pick? Uh, my second pick is the episode with Sophie Morgan. Sophie Morgan, let's take a listen. <laughs>
6: So we sent them some screenshots and they were like, oh, I guess it has. I guess the real classic one and probably will always be one of the best known sequences of my career was the giant trevallies hunting birds in the Seychelles in Blue Planet 2. That was a crazy ride. That really genuinely was a fisherman's tale. It was a story that came from someone who had been on a fishing trip that had told someone at a dinner party that they'd seen fish jumping out of the water to eat birds and no one believed them. I was asked by a very smart producer on Blue Planet to just give this guy a ring just in case there was something to it. As this built more and more and I got more eyewitnesses, it really did start to ring true as a behaviour, but I had no idea how we would film it. And there did not exist one photograph of this behaviour before we went to film. I think one of the fishing guys said oh sometimes the juvenile birds get tired and then they sit on the water and then they get eaten by the fish and at that point we knew that there was something we could track that was achievable a bit like with the great white and seals you can track the seals and then hope i wouldn't say hope because it's never nice things seeing...
3: <laughs> We cut that clip off there before she was like. (laughs) We hope you get. You hope you catch the great white eating the seal. (laughs) Yeah. We had Cassandra
1: in mind. We cut it. We cut it early for.
3: (laughs) The penipeds. Yeah. So why did you pick that episode, Nick? (laughs) <laughs> um actually um
0: i sort of started following sophie on instagram like around the time i got rebreather certified because was just on Instagram like searching rebreather stuff and i think she'd learned to dive her her unit her revo like around the same time and um and it wasn't for a long time i re- you know didn't realize what she actually did and when we started a podcast I was like oh this would be a really cool person to talk to um and it was just kind of the first insight into like underwater filmmakers like you know i'd like sort of a you know, global elite sort of production level. Mm-hmm. Um, so hearing her talk about the production work and like how the rebreathers are used, like in the shallows for like wildlife filmmaking, as opposed to, you know, most people consider a rebreather for, you know, either really long dives or really deep technical dives, but these are just basically a device to stay in the shallows for a long time without blowing bubbles and disturbing, uh, you know, the wildlife they're trying to film. So, and then some, you know, like just the clip we heard the, um, The really cool stories uh, that, you know, you can kind of encounter
3: doing that kind of work, which Mm. is pretty awesome. I've been a part of video production stuff, and that makes it sound – that clip makes it sound like a lot of fun, like a whole – like a treasure hunt almost and and but then at the same time i know how much work goes into (laughs) how much shooting and effort and planning and all that goes into all these uh productions especially when you're at the level of doing bbc you know documentaries and uh and what's her news tiny worlds is that what it's called for apple on um, apple uh yeah i mean those uh the those very high level productions are uh yeah so much work that goes into them but she just makes it sound like it's this fun treasure map of uh <laughs> of treasure seeking of uh traipsing around the world
0: one of the things she did say you know it's a it's a lot of like a lot of the work is done before getting in the field like research and mm-hmm. there's a lot of work there and then but then you know getting there you're just hauling a lot of gear and just setting up a lot of equipment so um yeah. Yeah, all, like you said, all those shots actually require a huge amount of work, a lot of people behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I've always, yeah, I think she's a pretty badass diver and uh, doing some really cool stuff in, in ocean film and ocean conservation, and she's really passionate about it. So it was a pleasure to, to get to chat with her.
3: Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know who's another uh, passionate uh, female diver? That's my pick for round two. Jill Heinerth. the incomparable Whoa. Jill Heinerth. Let's take a listen.
4: And I think what will be written on my epitaph is is that I <laughs> cave dive underneath a Sunny's barbecue restaurant under the salad bar. <laughs>
5: uh, and in
4: that, yeah, in that case, the team actually tracked. Well, I'm diving underneath the Sunny's restaurant. They literally bust through the door with all of their like outdoor hiking gear machete like the whole thing they go in the door of the restaurant and they're yelling cave survey team coming through (laughs) people are just kind of looking going what the hell (laughs) and they literally planted a little orange flag in the uh, potato salad at the salad bar
3: (laughs) (laughs) the amount of stories this lady has is just incredible and they're all amazing and and funny and she's such a good storyteller so uh yeah, I mean, I loved having her on the show and, uh, I listened to her audiobook that she narrates and, uh, it's mm-hmm. good as well. Um, you know, it's, uh, she's just, uh, yeah, an awesome lady and like, uh, an
2: incredible diver. Yeah, certainly, uh, Canadian royalty diver kind of came to mind to me when we had the opportunity to have her on the show. And it was one of those ones where, you know, kind of like it happened so early on that it was like, wow, you <laughs> I mean, we're actually going to get to talk to Jill Heiner. Like, is this like a for real thing that's going to happen? And uh, so I think, you know, I I, uh, I shot you guys a message a couple of days back. I think it was where I was saying like, that's one of the reasons when I look at this podcast, like half the time, I'm not even thinking about, you know, who's listening. Like, obviously we want people to listen, so please keep listening. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, really, it like to me, it selfishly, it gives you access to talk to these like, you know these juggernauts of diving that are that are like a Jill Heinert, where you're just sitting there and going like, this person's going to talk to me, and she's done more in probably a year of diving that I'll do in my entire lifetime diving. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you could never accomplish the things that they've accomplished, but yet they're willing to get on a show. Uh, and chat with us and and again that's sort of that genuine interest in talking and and just getting a story out and telling whatever story it is that you know we ask about like uh the the bits where she was in the Arctic uh chatting with people and um bringing uh sea life in aquariums so that people could actually. Uh, look at it and, and experience that where it necessarily may not have uh, have occurred in the past. Like, yeah, so many cool things. Uh, I really quite enjoyed that.
1: That episode is where I think I got my uh, my title on the website, <laughs> VP of Internet Connectivity. That may have been my biggest heartbreak of the season was when I kept dropping off that entire episode, but... Hmm. Thankfully, I think, Justin, you edited it quite well so people couldn't tell how <laughs> heartbroken I was.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and actually I was supposed to, uh, br- I told my daughter I was going to bring her into that episode to say hello to Jill and then I think I ended up starstruck and completely <laughs> forgot. So oh, I, let me, I let Aurora down. Yeah. She was like, what are you you say hi to Jill. And then I'm like, uh, yeah. yeah, just go to bed quick. <laughs> just go to bed. <laughs> brutal, brutal. Yeah, bad dads all around. What can you do? What can
3: you do? (laughs) I think that brings us to April, your final round. What do you have uh, for your round three pick?
1: This go round, mine is going to be the episode with Irene Marcoux.
3: Cool. Let's take a listen.
4: I always wanted to try free diving, and then I wasn't sure if I would be able to. I was very confident in my dive skills, but seeing all those bikini babes with the booties out on Instagram, it sort of gave me a different uh, fear that I'm like, oh, maybe I can't do this so well. Or it was for specific types of people. And when I first started learning here, I realized there is a bit of a macho industry. And I was like, you know what? Now I think I want to try this anyways and push myself. And having somebody kind of hint that I couldn't do this because I'm a plus-size woman kind of kicked me in the butt to be like, yeah, I'll show you. (laughs) And (laughs) that's how it kind of came about. I I still have that imposter syndrome sometimes. Like, I'm still just a beginner in freediving. I'm not a diver yet. Like, I feel like I'm not there yet. I I just don't feel fit the mold, the typical ideal of a freediver, right?
3: Another fun guest.
1: Yes, I love Irene and I feel like since that episode we have become Instagram best <laughs> friends and I am so grateful that she was on the show and allowed me to become friends with her. Um, But I love Irene and she basically represents everything that I love about women and diving and she pushes a lot of boundaries. I mean, she is a Girls that Scuba ambassador. She has a plus size women who dive um, and just she does so, so much. She's also course director. Uh, She really, really is like a very talented woman. And uh, it was just an absolute pleasure to get to talk to her. And now, you know, when this COVID thing wraps up, she's actually going to come to us and uh, come dive. So I am really, really looking forward to uh, that, you know, The border is opening up and she can come down from Montreal and do do some diving with us.
3: That'd be awesome. And she also just added another thing to her list of uh, accomplishments there. Now she's on the board of Ada Canada, the uh, free diving organization. I saw she just got elected to one of the positions there. I wasn't sure which one, but bring that uh, awesome spirit to Ada Canada. So that's cool.
1: Irene is like amazing and she does so much, but she is also the first person to like cheer you on. So like on Instagram, she'll watch one of my stories and I'll say something like so, so, so minor about the sea foxes. And she'll be like, congratulations. Like, that's amazing. Like, you're doing such great work. And meanwhile, here's like Irene just running the world. So, you know, (laughs) she's uh, she's an awesome, awesome person.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I enjoy that as well. And I think for the reasons that you're talking about, which was just kind of breaking some molds and in diving and. Uh, pointing it out there that it isn't just a sport for a specific group of people or a specific type of person, but rather it's an inclusive environment that uh, pretty well anybody can get involved with for many different reasons. And yeah, like how supportive she was of you guys. I recall, you know, even when we were interviewing her, the things that you were mentioning that she was basically like, oh, I can't wait till come down there. And like, you know, I think you, you had asked her a question about coming through Montreal at one point, And she was like, yeah. you got to stop by the house. And I'm like, Holy crap,
1: <laughs> Yeah, she up. was like I felt like she was low key mad at me that when I drove from Ontario I didn't stop and see her in Montreal, but I was like, It's COVID, and it was like two in the morning. Like I can't, I couldn't, I'm sorry. And she was like, Oh, okay, as long as you're safe. Like, <laughs> so it was awesome.
3: That's really funny. Yeah, April, that was another awesome pick and a good pick for your last one of the night. Uh Mitt,
2: what's your third pick? Man, uh first off I'd like to say I don't think it's fair that we should only have three <laughs> picks. There's just too many of these uh, that are just awesome. So uh all right, I'm going to roll with my man Neil Pollock for number 3 Canadian researcher and scientist. I can't say much about this other than You got to listen to the guy speak and you got to look at uh, some of the research that he's been supporting for, well, for decades in diving and his leadership in dive medicine and uh, hyperbaric medicine. So I was very, very stoked to be able to reach out to Neil. And when he said yes, it was kind of cool that I was like, oh, wow, like this guy's like a real Mm -hmm. researcher and he's also willing to come talk to us. But then, you know, like one of the things I enjoyed about that was he actually… Had a quick chat with me and then flipped me a bunch of like academic papers and said, Hey, can you go through these and just see what you might think might be of interest. And I know maybe to the average person, that's kind of like, oh dear God, why would anybody want to do this? But from the dorky side of me, I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. Yeah. And admittedly, some of them were like well above my head, uh, but the ones that I could actually get into were really super interested. Mm. And I think it, it made for a good episode that, uh, and I, you know, I, kudos wise, um, he did tell us that there were like quality questions at the end of it. So when you mm. got a guy at that level, giving us the kudos for quality questions. I was stoked. And so the fact that he's Canadian didn't hurt anything either. Without any further ado, let's listen to his clip.
4: The DCIM dive tables. So that's a Canadian dive table that is more conservative than say the U S Navy table, but it's based on producing only low bubble scores in the subjects. And so it is arguably Well, it is the best tested. It was initially based on
0: 1,600-person exposures. No other dive table had that kind of record. And it's based on
4: ensuring low bubble grades, which dramatically reduce the risk. And those are major contributions of Canada. And to add one last thing onto that, I'm pleased to say that Shearwater Research, which produces dive computers, they have taken on the act of putting the DCIM tables in a dive computer.
3: And that's why we love Neil Pollock and mm mhm-,
0: mhm. I think that was one of the interviews that I found um really great um as one of the things we are able to share with listeners um There's a lot of misconception about whether it's like dive tables or you know diving in cold water and heat packs and and um decompression theory and all of that and to kind of hear mm-hmm. it from somebody that's doing the research and you know one of his roles is to get that information out to people that's uh, he's passionate about that right it's not just um he's doing the research but he's passionate about getting that that hardcore science out to the dive community and i thought that was really cool to have him on the show talking
3: about that it was a pretty amazing thing to have somebody you know such a high level just breaking it down for us and telling it how exactly how it applies to us locally it's yeah it was great it was really awesome
2: yeah, his willingness too just to be on the show, like, uh, you know, and to come back. Because yep. remember, like, he came back and did a guest segment as well. Yeah. So, in any event, I could go on and <laughs> on. And I think everybody knows I could. So, I'm just going to stop now. Yeah, we'll definitely have to find a reason. I'm not sure it'll be all that difficult, but we'll have to find a reason to get him in
3: in season two.
2: Oh, there's more deco stop, I think, that we could use his help on. I'll Perfect. just put that out there.
3: All right. Well, it's a good uh, good third round pick there, Mitt. Let's go over to Nick and get your pick
0: uh my third pick is uh the interview i did with dan verhoven um that's one of the actually that's is it uh yeah i think all the interviews i've picked here was before we had um guests on uh like as a team um or interviews i conducted dan was a little bit er, er, later Uh, we'd already started doing team interviews but interviews that i conducted kind of by myself because of the time difference and trying to schedule people in um so yeah dan's my third pick
3: all right let's take a listen
4: People compared to like having courtside seats at the like say at the Lakers game when Kobe Bryant was playing, but I'm actually on the court. You know, it's not like I'm I'm next to the court right. or anything. Yeah. I'm part of the whole thing. So like it's so so exciting for me to be there, and not just when it's somebody like Will Truebridge or you know like some Guillaume or some superstar is swimming, or when there's world records being set. I find that with almost every Every diver, there's always something. Some people have amazing technique and some are, you know, are just beginning. And you can tell that they're really nervous and, and, and you just, you empathize and you're, you're there with them and you get to witness them like doing a PB or doing a national record or doing that first dive after a blackout. That's really scary. Like, you know, there's so many beautiful stories going on there.
3: Yeah, he was a cool interview. It was, uh, yeah, it's too bad that he, we didn't get him on as a team interview because he uh, seemed like he had been a fun guy to to chat with for sure. Yeah, he's one. He's one
0: of those photographers and one of those divers that uh, doesn't just have a way with like imagery, but also has a way with words. And I've always really appreciated how he expresses his emotions and his how he hmm. sees. He's got. A, I, I find he's got a very unique way of looking at the world um which i think is pretty cool but also he's he's kind of found that, you know his place in life in in the freediving community and and that analogy of like you know as a photographer he is literally you know in the competition zone at a freediving mm-hmm. event which you know he gets to witness firsthand uh probably some of the biggest development in the sport in the last last few years or so which you know it's pretty cool to to be able to talk to somebody like that and his his imagery and the videos he's made in the last few years are pretty
2: epic yeah, and I think overall when you, he was open, very open about like even uh addressing topics that otherwise people probably wouldn't even touch on, like mental health and, and how diving has changed his life for the better and, and the influence of that overall on people's mental health. And you know, I thought that was a that was a pretty cool thing for someone to be able to uh to be that open and transparent through. So yeah, overall that was a great interview. I awesome. do
0: I do like the fact that we're as a podcaster touching some of those issues. Um and I know we've We've touched here and there on on some issues that maybe aren't popular. Um, I remember Stephen Willing saying, "Oh, I'll be controversial if I say this," and we're like, "Well, you know, if uh, if it needs to be said, then somebody needs to say it, right? Because there's no yeah. point. it's mm-hmm. no point shoving it on the under the rug." Um, and it's kind of a, kind of a parallel between like not talking about diving accidents, right? If you're not talking mm-hmm. about the issues mm-hmm. in the in the industry, um, then what's the point, right? Uh, even if it some people might not like it. So I think. I like that about the show. I know we're not like hugely controversial and that's not what we're setting out to be. But I definitely think if we can be a platform where people can be open and say things that may be a little out out there um, Mm -hmm. or a little controversial because they're not popular, I think uh, i like to hear those views.
3: Yeah, those definitely Mm -hmm.
0: share those kind
3: of, you know, whispers from the back of the dive shop. Uh, that was a great pick nick and uh that means it's time for my final pick and i'm digging deep here taking us (laughs) all the way back to episode one and a half (laughs) we're going to listen to an excerpt because there was no promo for this we're gonna listen to an excerpt of the weed air episode (laughs) We're uh, we're working with the uh, the Acapulco Gold and the Maui Wowie, both really known for their uh, their euphoria inducing, energizing effects, but also at the same time reducing fatigue, stress, and pain. So it could be uh, could be pretty good. You can stop by Torpedo Rays and take part in the human trials and uh, get yourself a, a sample air fill with this stuff and see what uh, see what it's like. It's all low percentage right now, so you can you know only get up to twenty five percent weed air in your air fill. But uh, we can we can't take to your needs. <laughs> so how's, how's it going to look? I was just curious. How's it going to look for like certifications and training? Because I mean, Nitrox needs like certification. You can't just sure. take it out there and go dive with it. Absolutely. So with the lower percentage that's available right now, it's approved uh, by major certification agencies to use uh, without certification, but for a full percentage or full uh, full weed air fills, you're going to have to have your weed air specialty card. Of course, that's just the name we're working with currently. Uh, but we do have uh, distinctive specialties put out to pad into all the uh, major certification agencies, SSI, Nawi, and the and the like, and so we're hoping to get approval on those and move on to uh, you know being able to offer the courses and all that. The big. Uh, I could have gone on there, but uh, uh, <laughs> if you haven't listened to that, go back. It's only like five minutes long. It's great. It's so funny. And April was so worried that people were going to believe I'm, like,
1: us. Reliving the anxiety. <laughs> of that right now.
3: Well, we, we there is totally the new
0: voodoo gas, right? So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly, and I was just like uh, if only you we-
1: were dropping like so many names and getting so many people into like <laughs> torpedo rays and Patty and like Dow medical students <laughs> <laughs> and like I was like here we go, uh, but no, it was here funny. We go. Now that time has passed, I see the humor in it, but I was I was nervous at first.
3: <laughs> well, we're gonna have to up our game for uh, yeah, for twenty twenty ones. Enough. Yeah, just a couple of weeks. I'm sure we can throw something together with no, no time or uh
0: or but, effort.
1: But that one Well you, you
3: know, I've before. already
0: made my suggestion, but I'm not gonna say what it is on this episode.
3: Oh uh, you know what I
1: remember
0: Uh-oh. seeing
3: that in
2: the chat. I don't remember what it was though, so we'll have to address it. I mean, I, I don't even remember what it was. I mean maybe that was that point where my phone had yeah, uh, been. Yeah, you had you had toast. no phone then. Could have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well. It'll be a surprise for me too. <laughs> well,
3: uh so all the listeners out there be sure to check in uh, right around April Fools Day for the definitely not fake episode that we uh, we put out uh in between episodes 53 and 54 I guess yeah I don't know we'll yeah. see
1: 53 and a half <laughs> it's
3: 53 and a half Uh that was a lot of awesome picks everybody and I uh, thanks for playing along with the uh, with the picks and listening to the old clips it brings back lots of memories but uh You know, there's not enough time to listen to every episode, but uh, I thought maybe we'd just do a quick loop and see if anybody has uh, an episode or two, a name or two that uh, didn't get brought up that they would like to shine a spotlight on. How about you, April?
1: I think mine would be uh, Gabby DeVoe's interview. So that was the only interview that I did with a guest one-on-one, and that was all about Hmm. uh, zero waste living. Uh, And it was really interesting, and I feel like I took a lot away from that episode and makes me... Think about how much garbage I'm producing daily still.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think back on that pretty pretty regularly. How about Nick? What do you got for us? Who do you think? Um,
1: I
0: think, well, you know, it was it was kind of hard to pick uh, just those three. There's so many great ones. Uh, but mm-hmm. I also uh, wanted to think about the episode we had with, with Sheena McNally. Uh, not just Roti and Coke, but uh, we got to chat with her the time she you know, unofficially became the first Canadian woman to to hundred meters in constant weight. Um, mm-hmm. so that was kind of epic and I'm looking forward to see what she does this year. Um, I'm not going to preempt any plans that she has. Uh, and then yeah. of course the, the episode with Stephen Whelan, you know, the fact that somebody from deeper would, uh, you know, graciously just hop on and actually suggest that, you know, he's like, yeah, I listen to your episodes and love to come on the show and had
3: so many great insights
0: into the industry but yeah also a lot of other favorites that are just too many episodes to mention here
3: yeah i thought a nice spotlight would be um like uh, lloyd bond and bob semple both local photographers and uh, good friends of uh, all the hosts on the podcast i think and uh, just really uh, really awesome people and uh, those were you know it's fun shining a like i said shining a spotlight on some uh,
2: local talent amit what do you got for us very cool. So I'm going to agree with you on the local talent piece, but I'm going to hijack a bit of the podcast because Uh-oh. I think it's going last. I'm allowed to do that. I'm going to throw my uh, my number one shout out there to Gary Dallas because I think I didn't expect him to say yes at all. And then the, the coolest part about that was that he called me. I still remember uh, I was sitting in my hammock on a fine, beautiful day <laughs> in Nova Scotia and he called me for a five minute touch base to see what we were going to chat about. And two and a half hours, almost three <laughs> hours later, we were still yakking about diving. And I mean, that just goes to speak to his passion. But then uh, I got to tell you, I had the the Mark Bishop and the Jay Whites, the uh, RCMP guys, they were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had like the women powerhouse team here. We had like Alana Velikov, Christina Zanato and Dr. Sonia Rowley. Those guys just like kind of threw it out for me. Uh, you know, Nick already mentioned Stephen Whale and Gabriel Pineda, who was also nerding out with me on some stuff there, which, uh, I really liked. Uh, Stratus Cass, I was almost in tears that I couldn't be part of that interview. Like mm. literally I was like sitting annoyed that I couldn't be part of that interview. <laughs> Uh, and you know, like, I mean, my, my two fine gentlemen from the Caribbean, my Caribbean brothers, Keon Drew and Weldon Wade with the rum swizzle. And let's not forget the venerable <laughs> Dion Jones, right? Uh, who has taught me a thing or two about tech diving. So yeah. I, I hijacked for that reason. Cause I just think frankly, we could read out the whole 52. They were all awesome Agreed. people on there. Oh, so great. yeah.
3: It crossed my mind to do that because we've got an awesome, awesome guest list in our past season and looking forward to where it goes in the future and uh, where we're going into the future is out to a commercial break. And we'll be right back with more of this very special edition of dive in the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast and you want to help the podcast grow, there's a couple of really simple things you can do and that the big one is to like rate and review the podcast either on apple podcasts or on PodChaser, um and just share our social media when you see it if you see a post about a new episode just hit share throw it on your story you know do something like that um you know we all have our spheres of influence and the only way this podcast grows is organically through you our listeners and yeah if you want to help Uh, a rate or a review and, uh, and a social media share. And that would make all the difference in the world. And I appreciate it. And thank you again, uh, as Nick said to all you listeners out there. Hi, everyone. I just wanted to take a second to thank our sponsor, Torpedo Ray Scuba. Torpedo Rays is a local dive shop in Nova Scotia. If you're not in Nova Scotia, that's okay. They've got a wonderful website, torpedo torpedorays.com. T-O-R-P-E-D-O-R-A-Y-S.com. All of the scuba gear you could ever need is there. If you can't find it, give Jason a call, 902-481-0444, and he'll be happy to help you out. And in these challenging times, it's always great to shop local. Don't go to a huge big box help support your local dive shop buy something you've had your eye on excellent time to make a good deal buy a gift certificate to use later whatever the case may be torpedo rays and Torpedorays.com will be there for you once again their number is 902-481-0444 or torpedorays.com. welcome back to dive in the podcast we're still here chatting about our last year of podcasting. Um it's it's been crazy. I mean, it's been a it, it's gone places that I haven't expected it to go personally. I had a feeling it, you know, doing a weekly show that I would get burnt out that I wouldn't want to mm-hmm. be here doing this podcast every week. In the beginning, I kind of was like, you know, oh, this is going to kind of get old. But man, it's 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 really kept me going and it's something I look forward to week in and week out. So I want to ask some questions of the group. Um, What's your favorite part of doing this podcast, Nick? I think it's going to be the, funny enough, the production side of it.
0: Uh, I really enjoy being able to reach (laughs) out to people and then then being able to talk to them on the show, of course. But uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, just putting everything together and having all these ideas that come to mind. It's like, oh, we could talk about this or we can explore this topic or... You know, this is a cool person that uh, we could go chat to or, you know, like you said just before the break, go back to, to see, you know, a local diver that's, that's prominent in the community and chat with them or, you know, go all the way to the other side and, and talk to some world famous free diver, a cave diver and, and the mm-hmm. ability to, to be able to just imagine and then actually do it.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I'm with Nick. Like I, I, I quite enjoy that uh, that component of it. I don't get to do as much of the production pieces, but the bits that I have done, where you get that uh, opportunity to have those one-on-one chats with the folks before they get on the show, that's uh, hell of a lot of fun. And you know, like finding that common link that no matter where you go across the globe, you have these divers who are all passionate you know, seemingly coming from a, a similar place, but no matter what, like their openness and willingness to kind of get in contact with other divers. And, uh, I'll say, you know, I mean, you three <laughs> might have something to do with it. Like, uh, <laughs> hanging out with you clowns as we go through this on a week to week basis. Uh, I don't mind doing that either. So it's, it's like a good way just to kind of hang out and, and have some fun while you're podcasting.
1: No, I think my favorite part of doing the podcast is just how much I'm awake. Um, I feel like Diving beforehand, you know, we would just go for a dive. And other than what I was learning in the actual courses, I wasn't learning very much. But just talking to people who are miles and miles and miles and millions of miles ahead of me in their diving careers, uh, I <laughs> just I learned so much. And I feel like in the past year, I've just grown so much as a diver just conversations that I've had on the podcast. Hmm.
2: Very cool. Very cool. Well said. Yeah, most definitely. And,
3: um, you know, and, and as the guy who edits the show, I like the, uh, having a new baby born every week to go from this kind of madhouse (laughs) mess of a, of a spreadsheet where we, you know, where we pre-produce the show and then, you know, the, the, sometimes the stress of getting on and getting everything going and, getting the guests in and doing all the bits and, you know, and nailing them all together and then spending, you know, I don't know, three to five hours editing it and then pushing it out there and then having somebody come in and go, Hey, that was a really pretty baby this week. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, that was a really good podcast this week. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like, uh, it's, it's a really neat experience to do. And, uh, and people keep saying they like it. So as long as people keep telling me they like it, I'm gonna keep it's doing it. It's very
1: impressive, Justin.
3: Yeah. It's a great
1: job. I mean,
3: Oh, well, I wasn't looking for no, a pat on the back. You know, I was just, I could, you know. I could hardly
1: fire up this Mac tonight and you're, uh, editing, <laughs> <laughs> you're editing podcast. <laughs> I mean.
2: Yeah, there's there's no question it, it shows in the in the quality of the show. But yeah, I got to say, man, I'm with you too. And like, I never, I think it's always, and not in a bad way, but, and I think it's probably one of the things that lends ourselves to being able to do a quality podcast. Like, I'm so invested in the process of speaking to the guest that's coming, mm-hmm that I sometimes forget that there's going to be somebody that might listen to what we're saying. <laughs> and so that's a really cool piece when at the end of it, you're like, wow, I was so enthralled in making sure that these were quality questions that we're going to try to ask. And then somebody else goes, Hey, that was a really good episode. And, and, you know, it shows that you guys prep for that and you put time into it, like whether it be the guest, but importantly as well, obviously like the people who are listening mm-hmm. uh, to me, that's just kind mm-hmm. of a, icing on the cake. Right. And we've had a few of those now where people have sent us a little bit of feedback to say, Hey, you, you didn't do too bad on that. <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah, so I, I quite enjoy that as well. So yeah, keep those babies, babies. coming, Justin. Oh, all right. I'll definitely keep producing the
3: show as long as, uh, as long as we have, uh, you know, the four of us here and we'll keep, <laughs> keep it rolling. Um, you know, I, I think I talked a bit about, it. I didn't quite expect the show to, to turn out like it did, you know, with, um, you know, just to just for it to work as well as it did, um, it took us a while to find our feet. I think going back and listening to the old episodes, which I did <laughs> earlier this year, and I was, you know, there's some cringy moments in my opinion. <laughs> I, I think people still like those episodes because uh, you know the feedback we got. But to me, or, and compared to what we're doing now, technically anyway, um, you know, I, it's it's a, it's almost a whole different show. Amit, how did things? change for you from the beginning to now?
2: Well, you know, I think, well, for me, the definite biggest change was that I wasn't part of the show. (laughs) Well, you can start from when you joined. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I think I'm with you. And what you're saying was like, you know, coming off the bench as a bench player, uh, you know, substitute, what is it? The sixth man (laughs) off the bench. Um, So I found it to be like pretty cool, but I wasn't sure what the hell was going on. I think like when we first started, it was a lot of like, let's just kind of wing it. Like we, we have like a rough idea of what's happening, but let's just kind of throw it together. Mm -hmm. And what I really found uh, has changed over that time is the level of dedication that uh, every one of us has towards trying to put together something that is worthwhile. And that often means that like we're losing sleep and or, uh, you know, like trying to steal time off the sides of our desk mm. to be able to do uh, this. Uh, but nobody ever complains about it. We're always just like, this is awesome. We got to get it going. And, you know, we tag in, we're doing a lot of teamwork stuff where it's like, hey, can you help with this? Can you do this? And I think really the only person that gets jammed up, Justin, <laughs> is probably you because <laughs> none of us can edit. So Yeah. Yeah. So I think the, the quality of the show has really come up and uh, I just hope we're able to kind of keep keep pace with uh, what it needs to go into.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's funny, too, because when we first started the show, I mean, it was something me and Justin talked about doing at work. Uh, And I kind of thought it was just going to be, you know, Justin, like, sitting down every week talking about diving at Patty's head. And it would just be people in Halifax that listened. Uh, And it kind of turned into a lot more in-depth conversations with incredible guests and a worldwide audience. So, I mean, it really did just like surpass uh, my wildest expectations of what this podcast was going to be. So that's pretty cool.
0: In terms of what I expected when the f- show first started to how things turned out, I, I think I had a lot of strong ideas about what things might look like um, in my head. Um, and I, I think I was like, maybe headbutting a little bit at the beginning, if <laughs> we're being honest about, about structure, right? About like, what yeah. are we doing? Yeah. Like, do we have a plan when we record? And, you know, like to reflect what Justin said, we, we didn't really have a clue when we started. But for me, I guess the way my head works, I, I really wanted like a plan and kind of know what, we, mm-hmm. what we we're going to do with each episode. And I have this perpetual worry that we're going to get boring, right? Or irrelevant or start repeating stuff. Um, and I think the work that the team's put in you know, and how did things turn out, right? Like April said, we've had great guests and um, we've had a lot of people give us a lot a lot of feedback and, you know, the fact that, you know, we reached out to Sharewater and said, Hey, we'd like to buy one of your computers. Can we do that at cost? And, you know, they turn around and say, We like your show, here's a computer and a couple of weeks later, here's another one. Um, you know, and mm-hmm. the feedback that we get some from guests and the, the the people that come on here and the feedback that we get from from listeners um, I think kinda speaks to the work that we've done and How did things turn out? Um, Exceeded exceeded expectations, I would
3: say.
1: Well said. Yeah. E
3: for expedient E for (laughs) expedient. E for (laughs) E for exceeded expectations.
1: No, it's true. I'm glad, too, that Nick pushed us to get the show a bit more organized because, agreed, those first couple (laughs) episodes were a little cringy. Agreed.
3: Yeah, well, you know, Nick is the reluctant producer. Yes. He does, you know, doesn't want to admit that he's <laughs> he's basically the show producer.
1: I'm very and, thankful. He uh, does
3: yeah. a good job at it. Yeah. Good <laughs> well, work. Well the spreadsheets are Justin's,
1: Justin's But you do work, a lot of fair. organizing <laughs> in the spreadsheets. Yeah. And updating. Yeah. So I appreciate it.
3: What do we want to see next year, Nick? Where where are we? where are you producing us? Where are you taking us? Where am I producing <laughs> us? It's all on your shoulders right now. It's on my
0: shoulders. Okay, no pressure. Um, I, I I think uh, first thing is kind of maintain the quality and the caliber of what we're doing. Uh, certainly not ease up on that. Um, I, I have ideas, you know, about whether about getting other guests, uh, certainly from other parts of the world, maybe try to Um, I know getting guests from out east is a huge challenge because we meet on a weekly basis and time zones are a big issue. Uh, So Mm -hmm. when you start going past Europe, it's late at night, Uh, but also uh, featuring more minorities, more women, uh, more people in more obscure parts of the diving world. Maybe, you know, like, you know, people doing really cool things in diving and try to to Mm -hmm. reach further out, but also reach into some spaces in the world that... Where diving might not feature, right? People that might not feature in a diving magazine or go to a country, far-flung country, far-flung to us, right? And speak to people like that and bring more ideas. That's just kind of what I have in my head, where it's going to go. Who can tell?
1: I have a dream for season two of the podcast that I'm just going to throw out there right now. I know that we can't do it every time, but I would like to record one episode in person. That is uh, one of my, my oh, hopes Lord. for season two. Just because I think it'd be fun. And I want to.
2: So are you talking like in person, like the four of us sitting in the same yes. place recording?
3: Yeah. Or are like, you talking like a no, live No, like we're all recording? together in the
1: same room. And maybe if the guest was here too, we could all be and record it in person. Just because I would like to experiment Whoa. and see if it's like a different like dynamic or something. Or see if it changes like how we. I don't know. I just, I think of it.
0: I, I mean, I think it would be fun and You're I think on. it kind of throws back to like the early conversations we had that we were talking about, you know, actually building a, a physical studio, studio yeah. in, mm-hmm. in the basement of the dive shop. Um, so yeah, it could be fun. I to just do. want
1: to try it. I also think maybe we should start yeah. recording some videos, but maybe we're not ready for that yet.
2: Pretty hardcore. I don't think anybody needs to see me on video. Before. I'm just gonna put that out there. So. But the
1: only reason I say it is that we could have a YouTube channel, and I think that would be cool.
2: Well, yeah, okay, all right. Uh, I'm gonna be wearing a Batman mask
3: the whole time. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> all right. Yeah, I have to clean up the view behind my camera here. To uh, that's right. If we're gonna if we're gonna start the. Uh, promoting this well it's <laughs> funny
1: because like when we recorded the first episode that never even aired like because we didn't record mm-hmm. the audio it was like full intentions yeah. of being video and we had like all those it's cool true. banners and everything um and yeah. then we decided to just go audio
3: well this platform allows us to I record know, videos so when, we when or if we decide to do that we're uh, we're, we're gonna capable, have
1: to learn to so. stop saying um because oh, the video is yeah, going to be yeah, messed up when Justin's editing out all our ums and ahs. <laughs> can't,
3: <laughs> uh, I, I, I can't take three words out of a sentence uh, if, uh, <laughs> if there's a video track. <laughs> So That's so what right. you're going to have to do is record a bunch of random words
0: throughout yeah. the year <laughs> and have a, have a library of them that you can just oh, insert right. when it's necessary, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have enough to do, really. Yes. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of the other things I, I might hope for in the future, I don't know if it's this year, but, um, and I know we kind of discussed it informally, maybe to do a couple of episodes here and there that touch on on special topics yeah. so do a topical episode and and mm-hmm. i think those are challenging to do from a production point of view to do like continuously every week to have a different topic because it's a lot of work but it's also hard to kind of stay engaged and we're, we're not all specialists in all the areas but mm-hmm. i think there are issues in, in in the diving industry that would be interesting to maybe bring on a guest and talk about the topic or bring a couple of people on so um
3: yeah yeah
0: ideas floating out there for sure
3: most definitely stay tuned
1: stay tuned
3: yeah yeah, uh, season two, episode fifty three to one hundred four. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a ride. Wow. It's gonna be fun.
1: I feel like episode one hundred. We have yeah. to do something really fun.
3: Well, um, <laughs> is it like a yeah.
0: naked dive? That's to do also dog? where I was my to brain
1: out how to make went that joke. And I well, I'm glad we were all on the same page there. <laughs> turn these cameras yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: that's naked podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's disgusting uh, just <laughs> on you the i'm only
3: wearing a sweater right now <laughs>
1: oh my god <laughs> oh,
2: i'm logging wow. off
1: i'm logging uh, off
2: yeah it's sorry, it's over sorry, <laughs> i took it i took it, I too, far. Yeah, took it too far again too far dreams over Justin. Uh,
3: again what is you know what can i say we're in almost an hour or two of this podcast <laughs> so
2: you know oh my lord well
3: year we one year two <laughs> so it's getting to the end of this episode um and if you listen to our podcast and you're probably only still listening at this point, if you're a regular listener <laughs> of our podcast, uh, and you it's know, right, only yeah, those dedicated few that are still sitting here listening, uh, still parked in their driveway, yeah, just for it dying to, be over. to go and have dinner. Yeah. So they can go inside. Right. Um, <laughs> I used to listen to just a quick side story NPR and they always promoted those as driveway moments. So you're listening to a, <laughs> to a radio show and like, you can't get out of the car cause it's a driveway moment. And, uh, yeah, now we've, we've had a driveway half hour for most of these, uh, most <laughs> listeners, I think. But, uh, Nick, what keeps you podcasting? Uh, it's got to
0: be the people, whether it's uh, you guys here or the guests that we have on. And it's got to be the stories that we get to to hear and talk about. Uh, and it's got to be the, the work that we're doing for the audience, uh, the dive community, and, and people that are listening to us.
3: That's going to be tough to follow up. Sorry. Uh, April, go for it. What keeps you podcasting?
1: For me, it would have to be the pension.
3: Not the pension. Yeah. Yeah. No,
1: I'm just... <laughs>
2: What's a man going to talk about now? <laughs> I got nothing.
1: <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, in all seriousness, no, for me, I think it's much like Nick. It's the people. Uh, I love sitting down with you guys every week. I'm always excited to see who we're going to have on the podcast, like this go um, and just all the people that I've met and all the connections that I've made. And I mean, now my social media is just like fully loaded with incredible divers who not mm. only do I interact with their posts, but now they interact with mine. And I feel like I'm friends with like incredible people. And I don't know. It's really cool.
3: <laughs> it's like when, uh, when Steven Whelan name drops somebody from the free diving community and he's like my yes, friend, uh, exactly. you know, and uh, you know, I don't know if he'd call himself my friend, but I'll call him uh, my friend. So yeah. <laughs> same exactly. kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh Mitt. What keeps you podcasting?
2: Well, I think those two said it all, but, uh, you know what, for me, I think it's, it's really just the fun of being on here and frankly, the ability to, to really like learn some stuff from incredible, incredible divers who keep coming on the show. So yeah, those, those for me are like kind of the biggest ones.
3: You know, I'm, uh, I got a weird memory that, you know, some things <laughs> repeat in my head at, at odd times. And, uh, so there's a couple things that have repeated in my head. And one is, uh, one of our listeners said that she would listen to our episodes at just about 5 a.m., our local time every week. And so, wow. After hearing that, I was like, Oh my God, we can never have a late posted <laughs> podcast. Like it can never post later than 5 a.m. And that's, that's rung through my head in every edit session, uh, for almost a year now. Of course, then I just found out recently she doesn't listen to the podcast to 5 a.m. anymore because she's, you know, a, like job hours <laughs> change you know life changes right. and she can't Real you know, life whatever uh, so it's it's kind of funny but still that still rings in my head and but also uh, a little bit more recently um when one you know one of our guests talked about how much the show has uh has changed her outlook on diving and i know we we've touched on her comments a few times and uh it just it really like really drives home the purpose of you know, sharing knowledge and talking, and you know, sharing those experiences, whether they're good and bad, and literally just everything we've talked about tonight, somebody out there can benefit from that knowledge. And if we don't share that knowledge, then um, you know they
2: might they might not be able to find it. And well, I mean, think about that, right? Like when when you make that comment and we get that feedback, we the four of us sat around and actually when we when we were deciding, like, hey, what can we do for segments? Um, that was one of the things that we talked about, right? We were like, well, like, it's got to be meaningful mm-hmm. to somebody and there's got to be a purpose. And, you know, I mean, if I look at, like, say the, the Deco stop as an example, like the thing for me about that was like, this doesn't need to be a thing that's elitist. And there are definitely crossovers here that benefit the average, you know, day one, I just got my open water diver mm-hmm. right through to a, you know, an experienced cave diver. And, you know, I, I think like, hearing some of that feedback is really kind of uh really quite positive and kind of motivates you to do more when somebody says like i never thought this was useful but now i do and i don't i'm not scared by it or i don't think it's out of reach for me uh so yeah like i think the bridging that gap has been a really cool factor as well
1: definitely yeah it's super cool
2: i just want to thank everybody again for uh for
3: putting so much work into the show for the past year and uh thanks in advance for putting in so much work for the <laughs> next year too <laughs> uh we're no one more than you
2: justin you don't know what you're in uh, for but. we're uh,
3: so we're gonna we're gonna do a little uh, time slip here and we're going to cut away from us live recording this to march 17th when we did a facebook live and gave away a surewater peregrine and surewater Tarek and let's take a listen that's awesome. Okay. Well, um we should we should do this. Wish thing, everybody I guess. the best of random luck.
1: Oh my god. Nine hundred and thirty nine. I'm like so, I'm so excited right now. I I like I don't know what to do with myself.
3: True randomness at random.org. Oh, I can
1: see. Don't the you thumb. have to
3: put max? No, you're gonna enter that in there. That's the right number, right? Nine thirty nine. Nine right? All right. First uh first prize is the peregrine. Yes. So this uh Whoever wins this will not be eligible to win the Tarek. Yeah, you can't
1: win both.
3: Uh, April, do you want when to say when to hit go?
1: Okay. Do you want me to do a little countdown here? Sure. All right. Ready? Yep. Three, two, one, go.
0: Dun, 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 dun.
3: Number 790. Ooh. All right. Let's click Who over. is it? 790. That's... Ooh, that's a local Hunter diver. Refs.
4: Who is it? Is that, that Hunter? Hunter? Yeah. That is
3: Hunter. Yep. Yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's
3: awesome.
1: Ba, 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 da. Oh, that's so exciting.
3: Congratulations. Oh, yay. Hunter?
1: Congrats, oh, on, Hunter. Right, right. He was on yeah, the ice Yeah, he was course, on the ice course. Yeah. That is awesome.
3: Well, now he's going to be diving in style with a peregrine.
1: Also, you all need to watch that uh, video that he posted, that like third one there in the lobster costume, because it's hilarious.
3: Hi, Lauren. Hey, Jess. Yay. Pretty awesome. That's so exciting. Okay. So now we have have to do the sad thing and then duplicate this page. (laughs) And remove his name. And remove his name from copy of all entries.
1: Oh, he's going to be so happy. That's so exciting. And he just got a dry suit. So now he has a fancy new computer to go with it.
3: Look at that. Okay. So then that puts us down to 937. Random.org. Uh, because uh, the algorithm is based so, on time. Do you want to say go, now You want to say what we're drawing for? You just want to show it? Oh, I guess. I guess
1: it's upside down.
3: All
1: right. You ready?
3: One, two, three, go. I'm ready.
1: Oh, you did it so fast. 28. 28. 28.
0: That is, feels random, doesn't right.
3: <gasps> it? It does feel very random. All the way to the top.
1: You do. Who is it? Who is it?
3: Somebody named Mike Swindle. Mike Swindell. Mike
1: Swindell.
3: Congratulations. Congratulations, Mike. Let's check him. Let's, let's track him down.
1: Oh, he was a Facebook entry.
3: It was a Facebook entry. That's a huge uh, prize.
1: Right there at the very top. At the very top, I think.
3: Oh, you got it.
1: Very cool.
3: Cool. Look at that. Sergeant in the U.S. Army. That's a pretty sweet prize. Cool. Does
1: it say where he's from?
3: Uh Oh, he's a dive master. And... Uh, Georgia. Georgia, oh, lives in Fort Stewart, Georgia.
1: Nice, that's exciting. That's awesome.
3: Yeah, so congratulations, well, congrats,
1: Mike. Mike, very cool.
3: Awesome, that's so cool. I'm sad to get rid of this, but, uh, but I'm happy <laughs> that
1: it's going to its new home.
3: Happy that it's going to its new diving home. I feel sad for everyone that didn't win. I really appreciate everybody playing along. It was a mm-hmm. lot of fun. It's before march 17th for us here <laughs> recording the podcast this airs after march 17th uh, as the episode where the giveaway is announced it aired live on facebook so we don't know we have <laughs> no idea who won <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations, congratulations. To whoever, yeah, whoever yeah, you were <laughs> congratulations somebody won a prize pack somebody won a peregrine someone won a Tarek, and uh they, by the time you're hearing this, are actually probably already in the mail and uh, shipping off to yeah. their new homes uh, for to find uh, cool
2: new dive adventures out in the world. I think the only thing that we can say is that the four of us are probably sitting here going, why can't we I was we win just about, about to say, all we gear? know
1: is that a bit didn't win. It's, oh, no. Because he can't. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's right.
2: <laughs> uh, no, and he's yeah. sitting at home crying in the basement now that he can't win any shearwater gear. So that's it. How about here. <laughs> Not even a mass <laughs> trap, for God's sake. Come on. The <laughs> there might be a mass trap. trap in the bottom of the box.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, in season two, you can expect more amazing guests, more amazing content um lots more of the of our features you know of our small host led features where we talk you know MIT talks deco and we have more in store for those um yeah it's not just singling you out MIT, everybody has uh, everyone has uh, parts there and and they're going to grow and expand and we're just going to keep pushing the limits of the podcast keep increasing the quality um and you know we're just going to make this the absolute best podcast that we can and uh, bring and find the most interesting and exciting guests we can and bring them on and share them with you so i hope uh, hope you guys all uh, enjoyed
2: this episode and enjoy what we bring to you in this upcoming season all right and uh, yeah as we come to the close of the season uh, i just wanted to do again uh, say thank you very much to Shearwater for supporting us as we close this out. It was a great way to end the year with a fantastic uh, contest that I don't think we would have been able to make quite as successful as we did had they not stepped up and supported us in being able to do so. So, makers of great uh, computers, I think I'm literally just by coincidence holding one in my hand right now. <laughs> uh, don't worry, it's not the one from the person that we're sending it out to. <laughs> so, uh, thanks again to Shearwater for their support as we go through, and I'm looking forward to next year.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to thank our listeners who have uh, you know listened to the show uh, from the beginning and those who kind of joined whenever they discovered the podcast. And I hope uh, they keep listening, and uh, we hope to have more stuff for you guys um, moving forward. So thank you for listening. Thank you for making the show what it is.
1: And also, just to thank all the guests that we've had on this year, it's amazing that so many of them were willing to come on the podcast and share with us all their knowledge. And I'm also really looking forward to next season's guests.
3: They start almost tomorrow yeah. for us. Uh, we start recording it. immediately. So it will be, uh, it'll be a fun ride. Um, and I'm going to thank everybody on the podcast. Nick, thanks for doing everything you do every week.
0: Uh, it's a pleasure.
3: Because I just have to say it's a pleasure to be here.
2: <laughs> I was
0: going right. to say. Thing. Thing. You, you missed that. You never saw that coming. Uh, I did. It <laughs> totally went over my color. head. <laughs> Oh man, the mid got it. No, it's it's a it's been a, it's been an awesome, it's been a blast, and it's been a pleasure to do this.
3: Yep. Hey, April, thank you.
1: Thanks for having me, as I always say. <laughs> but no, seriously, what a great year! Uh, I can't believe it's been a year. It's flown by. So much has happened in a year, and this has just been, you know, an amazing thing to come out of kind of a crappy twenty twenty. So. Here's to a better mm-hmm. 2021 and a season two of Dive in the podcast.
2: Most definitely, and Amit, thank you, sir. Well, I appreciate being drafted off the bench, <laughs> and uh, it's been a hell of a ride. And if there's anybody actually sitting in their driveways, I apologize for <laughs> taking more of your time. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll we'll make it uh, we'll make it snappier in season two. Yeah, don't count on uh, it, Justin. Uh, <laughs> um, what?
1: I think our listeners, they're just dying to know. Um, But how are the frogs?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, the frogs. All right. So because this is episode 52 and we haven't talked about frogs in probably 20 episodes, uh, right around the time we started this podcast, I got a fish tank uh, for my kids during the lockdown because they really wanted a fish tank. And uh, um, they had African clawed dwarf frogs, these little tiny aquatic frogs. frogs. Yeah, those yes. are the ones, and uh, and we happened to get four of them. So we named them for the uh, for the hosts on the podcast. Uh, and April was checking in every week to see how uh, how little Ray Baby and Ray. Winks and Fish, <laughs> Baby Ray. Damn it, he, he has a terrible name. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and then then I was supposed to get another frog. Uh,
1: Doctor Harry uh, Harris was hairy, going to give you five yeah, dollars to yeah, go Harris get a frog. frog. Did I you know. do it?
3: And I know, Justin, it's been a year. No, like I haven't that. done it. <laughs> Disappointing. Good Lord, man. I'm the worst. It's, it's Harry Harris yeah. has asked you about the damn frog. Know, Do and there's still this. no emit frog. So maybe are in season two, like we'll, we'll, uh, we'll refill the fish tank. Them? Yep. They've survived a year wow. in the tank. They're uh, a year They've
1: survived a year you survived a year
3: of podcasting.
1: Okay.
3: And, well, we'll uh, make this a thing yeah. then.
1: At the season finale of every season,
2: We'll see
3: if the frogs are still alive.
1: So I'll ask okay. you in a year right. how are the frogs there.
2: Perfect. Well, okay. there better be an, <laughs> an announcement though for a hairy frog <laughs> soon. I mean, like, special I, episode. I'll even put it on the you back know what? burner. Never, okay. Maybe a frog. I'll put the emit frog on we back never okay. the, maybe on the We never posted
1: the. We never the graphic you made, Justin, of the host beside their uh, frogs that you made either that was hilarious yeah uh, it was I weird it was good.
0: I, veto, I veto that as producer
1: oh, no. i like the frogs i would like a frog uh, i would like frogs. a dive in the podcast frog shirt yeah special edition
2: uh
3: that has potential that is, potential. Yeah, yeah, that is good um it. well don't forget you can support this podcast at patreon.com slash dive in pod and get some fun rewards for doing so Visit our website, DiveinPod.com, for all the links you need, episodes, merch, and so much more. On social media, you can follow me at iDiveOK.
1: I'm at April Weikert.
2: I'm at Nicholas Winkler Photography. Next week, we speak to Mark Evans, Editor-in-Chief at Scuba Diver Magazine. This episode of Dive in the Podcast was brought to you by our sponsor, Torpedo Ray Scuba.
1: You can leave us a review on Apple Podcast or at podchaser.com. Reviews are one of the best ways to help others find the podcast.
0: Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. <laughs> that was still terrible. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> We're not a choir, so
3: it's okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, my All God. <laughs>
0: <laughs>